Hi guys, welcome back to We Should Talk, a pop culture interview series from In The Know. I'm your host, Gibson Johns, and today on the podcast we have Heather and Max Dubrow. Heather Dubrow was on The Real Housewives of Orange County for five seasons, and Max is her teenage daughter. They're paired together because Max last year made a lot of headlines when she came out as bisexual. And since then, she has launched a podcast called I'll Give It To You Straightish, and they've really kind of done a, j- a joint press tour and really opened up about what it was like for her to come out and kind of the, the front of acceptance that they've put out. And it's been really kind of special to watch them do this whole thing together. Heather was on Real Housewives and she launched a podcast called Heather Do Bros World, I think with like a year left in her Real Housewives stint. Um, and it has since become like a huge podcast. It's surpassed 100 million downloads. Um, and so together they're sort of like taking on this podcasting world and it's just kind of fun. And so um, I had them on the podcast to talk about podcasting, to talk about telling their stories and sharing embarrassing stories about one another. We talked about Max's coming out and sort of the responses they've gotten from that and kind of what they thought about before making that announcement. Um, and it was re- really interesting what they had to say about that. And I also had Heather kind of look back at Real Housewives and, and how she thinks about it now that she's several years removed from that experience. Um, so keep listening for that interview with Max and Heather Dubrow. But first, you know, there really is only one thing that is on my mind when it comes to pop culture right now. And that is Framing Britney Spears, the new documentary on Hulu from the New York Times Present series. It is about an hour and 15 minutes that basically takes you through Britney Spears' career as it pertains to the Free Britney movement. A lot of people online, a lot of super fans of Britney, including myself, have said that, you know, like, we didn't learn that much new information from this documentary. You know, a lot of what it talks about was already known by people that are really following her situation closely. But for me, you know, I think that's okay because... The job of this documentary wasn't to kind of pander to the super fans or wasn't to kind of give inside information to, to people that already know it. It was to really sound the alarm for people that weren't paying attention to what Britney Spears was going through. It was to wake people up to the issues of her conservatorship and and sort of the broader implications of it. It was to wake people up to the to how badly she was treated by the media and the public at large throughout her entire career. And in that, I think this documentary completely succeeded. I think that framing Britney Spears really does do what it, its title says it does, which is it frames her in this way that maybe a lot of people haven't been thinking about, which is throughout her entire career, Britney Spears was treated in a very misogynistic demeaning way by the media. She was slut-shamed. She was blamed for breakups. She was asked completely inappropriate questions when she was a teenager about her breasts and her virginity. And it just kind of like, this this whole thing sort of built up to become something that one single person can't deal with all that attention, with all that ridicule, with all that criticism. And of course, um, her life came tumbling down. Of course, she had a breakdown. And, you know, watching Framing Britney Spears in the lens of 2021 is so interesting because... We're in a post-Me Too world where, you know, we have completely, you know, rejiggered the way that we treat women, the way that we talk about women uh, in the media. And, you know, we're also past the point of mental health issues being taboo. You know, like, you know, back when Britney was 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 in her was in her quote unquote prime, people weren't talking openly about mental health issues. And both these things, you know, the way that we talk about and treat women, the way we talk about and treat mental health have completely advanced uh, since then. Obviously, there's there's a lot of room to grow and there's a lot of improvements that still need to be made. But, you know, if you think about where we were in 2007, 2008, when Britney was having her, her meltdown, it, it, it's a completely different story. And so, you know, I'm really heartened by the reaction to this documentary. You know, I think what you know, Britney's case, what what the Free Britney movement really needed was this high-profile, widely-watched something, so in this case a documentary, that could sort of like 
raise the awareness to a, to kind of a fever pitch where you have Sarah Jessica Parker and Andy Cohen and and Halsey and all these people tweeting hashtag Free Britney and 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 talking about how how messed up this whole documentary is and recommending it to their friends who haven't watched it yet. Blame is rightly being placed on Diane Sawyer and Matt Lauer and other people that you know have these messed up interviews with her from 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 years back and it feels like there's some sort of tide happening. You know, is this going to re- result in the end of Britney Spears' conservatorship? That seems like a long shot. I, I'm, I'm hope I'm you know optimistic that something could change for her. I know that her mom Lynn filed some emergency order. I know that a lawyer in Los Angeles sent a letter out to over a hundred other attorneys urging them to ask a judge to reconsider this conservatorship. I know that Britney's boyfriend spoke out kind of for the first time and called Britney's dad a total dick, quote-unquote, and he had never really said anything that direct about Britney's situation before. So there are little things already within the week of this documentary's release that are really kind of promising, you know, some sort of change. As Again, as a lifelong Britney fan, as somebody who has been a super fan of Britney Spears since I was five years old, I remember hearing Babe One More Time for the first time. I've been to, you know, several of her tours. I went to her Las Vegas residency. I am a hardcore Britney Spears fan. I didn't really learn much from this documentary, but I am so excited by you know, the reaction to this and then the conversations that are being had around Britney. You know, apparently she's aware. There are reports that are that have come out that she is aware of the documentary. She hasn't seen it. She posted a video on her Instagram where she was like, finally, the event that we've all been waiting for last week, the Super Bowl. And to me, that was sort of like a tongue-in-cheek um, allusion to the documentary. Uh, maybe I'm just seeing things. But again, for the people that have been sort of making fun of Britney's Instagram, for the people that had never really checked how they talked about her 10 years ago, for the people that really hadn't really thought deeply about the Free Britney movement because they thought it was a conspiracy or they thought it was just a thing that super fans were pushing, you come this narrative that, that was being pushed by, by super fans. No, like this is all based in reality. <laughs> there is there is a real issue happening with Britney Spears and something needs to change. And I'm excited that people are recognizing that on a broader level right now. And hopefully this is the first domino to fall to free Britney. That's the dream this year. And hopefully 2021 is that year for Britney Spears to finally take back control of her life. So yeah, if you haven't watched Framing Britney Spears on Hulu, you absolutely need to. It is essential watching. Even if you aren't a super fan of Britney Spears, it's worth taking a look at in terms of just sort of the way that, you know, media has treated her and, and to reconsider sort of some of those narratives that, that you remember from back in the day. Anyway, watch Framing Britney Spears on Hulu and keep listening for my full interview with Heather and Max Dubrow podcast hosts, former Real Housewives stars, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to We Should Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy, guys. All right, so we are here with Heather and Max Dubrow. Thank you so much for calling in, you guys. We've had some technical difficulties over the past couple of days, so I, I really appreciate you guys sticking with me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, hi. Of course. So, I mean, how, how is, how we're officially in February. How was your January? How was your first month of the year? You know, I think we're all still kind of like sticking it out, but how have you guys been as a family? Well, we have been infested with COVID at our house. Mm. So it's been a little bit crazy. Thankfully, Terry has been fully vaccinated and stayed away from the rest of us, but we had, you know, we've been as careful as we can for over a year. And unfortunately, one person came over. It's a very typical story, but we're so grateful that we got an incredibly mild case, all of us, and so many people have just gotten so sick and and obviously have suffered so much. So we're just glad that it was a mild case and, you know, we've 
stayed in the house. We're actually allowed to break free on Friday. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. It, it kind of just shows you that like you can be as careful as possible and one tiny moment can just, it, it, it's, it's inescapable. So I'm, I, I knock on wood, I'm so glad that everyone's okay. It, it, it'll feel good to break out at the end of this week, I'm sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. we're going to be very happy, but still be careful. We're still going to mask and I'm still getting, when it's my turn, I'm still getting the vaccine. Absolutely. I mean, inject me ASAP. So. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah. We, we, we started this interview a couple of days ago because again, we had technical difficulties because of the snowstorm in New York. Again, I, I want to say how fun it is for you guys to be doing this together. I think it's so fun that you, you know, Max, after years of watching your mom, you know, do all this promo for Real Housewives, do her podcast, do promo for all her projects. Now you get to be involved. What does it feel like to be by her side for doing interviews like this? It's super cool. It's kind of unexpected because I always saw her doing it and I knew that she was going to do it for many years forward. But it's really cool to be able to do it with her and, you know, to separate myself from the family and kind of get my my own identity online while also still going to do things like this with her. You know what's Absolutely. so nice? You know, usually they tell you that they're going to hate you at this age. But <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's not the case. No, she follows me around the house. Mom, <laughs> we have a lot of fun together. It's been incredible to watch her sort of spread her wings and fly. And, and, I, and honestly, she's done it all on her own. I merely suggested that I thought she'd be good at podcasting, but she just took it over and ran with it. And, and it's been great. Heather, did you have any advice for Max when it came to just sort of like doing stuff like this and, and really and really putting herself out there? Because I mean, Max, you're still a teenager and there, there, there is a lot to learn just about this whole sort of media entertainment industry complex that there's, there's a lot of different sides to it. And so I'm curious if you gave her any advice just about how to handle interviews or how to handle maybe negative feedback. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely had many conversations about about all of that, but I would say some of the main things are to don't be too precious with it. You know, some people, they, they want everything to be so perfect before they put something out that they never actually do anything because we become, you know, victims of our own views of perfection and what's ready and whatnot. So I said, you know, just go, just do it and listen to yourself and learn from it and and don't worry, there's always going to be people that love you, people are going to hate you. It doesn't matter. It's how you feel about yourself and that you are authentically you and putting what, whatever your message is out, that's what you're putting out. And that's the most important thing. Because when you try to start pleasing people, that's just, can I curse? Uh, yep, go for yeah, it. That's just a, that's just a show. You know, you just, you can't. And, and usually it takes a long time to learn those lessons. I still at this age, I, I'm learning those lessons yeah. as I go. So I'm like, you know, learn from my mistakes and, and learn that now so much easier. Yeah. And in some ways I feel like podcasting is sort of the best avenue to sort of start with because there is so much sort of not leniency, but there's so much space to sort of find your voice and there's no time constraints. It's, 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 you're, you're editing, you're, you're kind of in control of the editing and right. you get to pick who you come, who comes on and who you have those conversations with. Max, have you found that it has been sort of like a welcoming medium for you to, to, to kind of cultivate and find your voice? Yeah, definitely. When I started my podcast, it kind of went on the wrong side of podcasting and it was a different, you know, demographic than I was trying to share my podcast with. So that was kind of confusing because the feedback I was getting was more from parents saying, mm. you know, what they wanted to hear and whatever, that's cool. But I was kind of targeting it towards my age. So obviously they're going to not like some of the stuff I say and whatever. 
But I mean, it's kind of hard. <laughs> you know, it's it more is. difficult than I thought it was going to be for sure. And I mean, I'm still learning so much. And it was definitely, you know, the podcast community opened their arms to me. And I'm so grateful for everyone I've met while doing it. But it was still definitely a change. And you know what's interesting is about her age group, because I love that she's, I, I mean, I don't even know anyone else her age that's podcasting. Me neither, no. Uh, yeah. so, so I love that she's opening up this world. But you have to understand, it's just like, you know, my age group, how we don't really get TikTok. We try, but we look like dumbasses and whatever. Yeah. It, their age group won't sit still usually for a podcast. And because a lot of them still aren't back in school, they don't even have the drive time to listen to it. So I think what's been really interesting about watching Max do it is that, I mean, yeah, people know she, who she is from, you know, from her parents and whatnot, but she's expanding a, a lot of these kids into the podcasting world, which I think is incredibly cool and, and opening up new conversations in that whole age group. I think that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that sort of in the just sort of attention span aspect of it and just sort of where people your age are really focusing their attention. And so for you to sort of like loop people into this really kind of like, there's so much in the podcast world. And so for you to be sort of the entree into that is pretty exciting. Yeah, mm -hmm. and my generation's very visual and they have like this span of a gnat. So that's why <laughs> TikTok is great, but you know, a lot of them don't listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. So again, I asked you this the other day, but how much do you guys listen to each other's podcasts? Because Max, obviously your, your podcast is still young and Heather, I'm sure you like to check in on sort of what she's talking about on there and kind of vice versa. Max, your mom's podcast has been around for years and she gets really in depth and shares a lot about her family. So how much do you guys sort of listen in to each other? I tried listening to hers once when my name popped up on one of her <laughs> like Instagram stories or something. And she totally told the story wrong, made one of us the bad guys or something. Super incorrect, of course. <laughs> and so I was like texting Always. her, really mom, really? Like, first of all, it's different when there's a Instagram page of 20 followers and they're all Facebook moms, but this is what, millions of people? So it's so <laughs> ridiculous. So I text her. So I, I just, I try not to listen to it now because it's so annoying and I can't, She's already posted it. It's not like I can do anything about it. So I try to walk the line between sharing subjects that I think are important conversations to have about being a parent or, you know, mistakes that I've made with the kids or things that I think I've done well, you know, the wins and, and, and kind of everything in between I, while still trying to not piss them off and maintain their privacy. It's a very difficult line to walk. Always in the I back of your that, mind, right. But it is in the back of my mind. But I also tell her this, and by the way, I tell my mother this as well, don't listen. It's like reading my diary. Just go away. You do your thing. I will do my thing. But I do listen to her show, not to hear, not because I feel like I'm going to glean information that I don't know. Like I said, we're very close, but she's still allowed to have her life and her secrets and her, she needs it. That's normal. Humans need that. She needs that. So I don't want her to feel like I'm invading her privacy or, or having her feel uncomfortable about it. But I am curious to hear how it's going and I like hearing how well she's developing her voice and how nicely she speaks Absolutely. And, and stuff like that. So I listen as far as that. And I think you're okay with that. Yeah. I right? mean, I don't really use my podcast like a journal because I'm, I mean, not only, I have diary of the mouth. I don't know what to yes, we know. I'm kind of an open book, so it's not yeah. like there's a lot to no. Yeah. yeah. Right, but but in in the episodes that listen to Max, you you are pretty sort of just forthcoming and just sort of even if it doesn't feel like a big deal to you, I still feel like as a listener, it feels like you are opening up in in a really cool way. So I you know it's it's nice that you don't feel sort of like 
you know, oh my God, is mom listening? Like that, I think yeah, that's good. Yeah. And, and part of the reason why I asked is because Heather, I listened to your most recent episode and the first story you tell on your podcast is about, um, la, 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 la. I don't want to ruin it for Max, but Max, I think no, you might no. want to listen to it. No, no, diary, diary. Oh, I'm totally going on let, that. No, diary, not listening. Shh, what was it about? No, nothing. Max, I'm, 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 I'm going to let you uh, discover after this interview <laughs> and uh, maybe you can circle I thought back. we were friends. All right, that relationship's <laughs> over. But I, I, I think, you know, you that, to, oh, I'm going to listen. To me, what that gets down to is like, I think what's so fun about your family, I think the reason why a lot of people have connected to Heather, not just you, but also your husband, also your kids, is that you're okay with telling sort of embarrassing stories about one another and it's, it's, it's nothing off your back and you just kind of let it roll. You know, I just think that you're, you're, you're all open books and I think that probably comes like your kids learn from you. Has there ever been a moment where you know, somebody did share too much or, or there was sort of like a conversation where it's like, oh, like, did you have to say that? Has, has that been a family conversation ever? I'm starting with this one. Yeah, you so, got to go to it. There, well, first of all, when I started my podcast, I had to ask my mom, like, is there anything I can't talk about, right? Which, I mean, makes sense starting any type of thing, platform, you know? And she was like, no, not really. Like, you know, obviously be mindful of things you want to say about the rest of the family, blah, blah, blah. Literally the most hypocritical thing she could have said. Her <laughs> podcast is like, is like talking to her best friend, which is, you know, fine, but it's so, like it, yeah. so many people. So we've definitely had fights about it because she shares a lot more than she should sometimes, truthfully. Yeah. Again, I try, I do try to walk the line, yeah, but I yeah. understand how they feel about it. Trust me. There's so much I don't discuss because of that. I'm sure. But I, no, I really try to be appropriate about the whole thing, but I get it. I mean, it, kids don't want to be talked about at all. So I do understand why that is cringeworthy on some levels. Well, it's also like some of my friends' parents are listening, so they're about to hear everything you say about us. <laughs> By the way, I'm, and I try to be careful with that stuff too, because you know, you got to be careful who everyone you're talking about. Of course. But again, of course. this is my job and that's what I do. Hey, I, th I think I think it's sort of, it's part of the territory. And so I think if people are going to come into your world, that that in some ways they, they have to expect that. And so I think, I'm sure your closest friends and family recognize that and they are okay with that. And, you know, it, it just, it, again, comes with the territory. And Heather, Heather Dubrow's world recently surpassed 100 million downloads, which is a huge milestone. Like, like that's that's really not... That's not easy to do, and that takes a lot of hard work over a long period of time. I mean, I think your podcast has been around for about five years now. You know, talk to me how, about sort of just being proud of this thing that you've built, you know, on, on the back of the platform that you sort of built from Housewives. So it was sort of like this cumulative effect, I feel like. Just talk to me about sort of what it's been like building this over the past five years. Yeah, it was interesting because I hadn't had really any intention of starting a podcast, but my agent had said to me, I always joke about this, but my agent said, you know, oh, you should start a podcast. I'm like, that's a great idea. What's a podcast? I just, I didn't know. So what I loved about it was after being on Housewives for five years and I started the show maybe a year or so before I left. Yeah, it must've mm -hmm. been like a year or two before I left the show. I started the show. And what I loved about it was this, for me, this new medium that I could just talk and, and, and have this community, build this community and give this sort of rawer 
like real version of myself. And I'm not crying editing with Housewives, but I'm right. saying, you know, the, the algorithm of Housewives is for every 30 hours you film, 20 minutes makes it to the screen. So you can understand there's a lot that the audience doesn't get to see. So I thought, wow, this is so cool that I get to show people who I am on the daily, right? And what yeah. our family's yeah. like and, you know, how we operate and how we do things and whatever. So that was that was just really cool and then yeah it was an interesting segue from being on that show because you know i went from scripted television to being a full-time mom to being on reality tv and it was like well where am i going to go now what am i mm -hmm. now i have now i've done this now i have this experience i've done all this hosting what, what am i doing next and so even though i've kind of done all these pilots and shows and things and we have a lot of projects and products and whatever that's sort of been my through line and i've really really just enjoyed it yeah, and I think you know I I, I I respect you saying like you're not crying editing about about the housewives and and I I'm sure you you knew at the time that that was sort of part of again part of the territory but you're also sharing screen time in a one hour episode with you know five or six other women each time and so it does it does truncate what you're what you kind of are able to get through to people and were were you finding that you know you you were sort of like itching for that you know i don't know if it was the power back or just sort of like that unvarnished time with people or were people asking for that i'm curious if that was something that was sort of you felt was in demand yeah i think i, I got a lot of messages about you know people want advice people would people would always message me about the way i talk or vocabulary words or how I dress or how I designed our home or anything like that. I mean, yeah. that's why I started my YouTube channel also was to, you know, give that kind of content. I, I, I think in general, what is so incredible about today is that there are so many different ways to produce content and have fun with it that I just love being creative and I, and any outlet to produce interesting content that, yeah, that people are asking for, but also that I love to give. And you know that, you can share, right, exactly. That's a win, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Max, you know, I, I was so struck when I, when I was preparing, preparing for this interview. I listened to the first full episode of your, of your podcast with your, brother, with your twin brother, Nick. And, you know, you, you cover a lot in it. And it's, it just feels like I'm listening to two siblings having, having a fun conversation <laughs> and, and, and maybe learning a little bit about one another. But, you know, what really struck me is obviously the discussion about you, got, you sort of recalling how you came out to your brother. And, you know, twins obviously have a really special connection, you know, regardless of what their situation is. But if you really think about it, it is incredibly special that anybody your age, younger, older than you, now has access to this conversation of this two siblings talking about this 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 really important kind of topic that a lot of people don't get access to. And I'm curious if like, do you think deeply about that? Or again, is it just something that's sort of like, it, it is what it is with you? Because it, it is going to have an impact on, on people listening to that. I didn't even think about it until you just said that. But <laughs> I mean, that's kind of cool. I didn't think yeah. about it. That's like one episode. I try to forget all the first few I did because they were so terrible because I have no idea what I was I doing. liked it. Hey, I, I liked it. I, I liked the casualness. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, that's cool. I never, it's, that's not really my perspective. Sometimes it is like all the people I can help, but I'm really just trying to put content out there and see what people respond to, I think. Yeah, for sure. And and I feel like out of all, I mean, obviously your two of your siblings are, are young, are a lot younger, um, mm -hmm. but between you and Nick, I feel like you are the one that's really sort of 
leaning into sort of like creating this big platform for yourself. And it seems yeah. like you're really enjoying that. Has that always been natural to you? Was that spurred by the reaction to you coming out and sort of the amazing positive news that surrounded that? Like, I'm just curious sort of what your mentality or shifting uh, perspective on that has been. Yeah, I've always kind of been a like, quote unquote, content creator and always put myself out there. Like I did theater when I was younger. I have sung my whole life. I'm a lot of, a lot of theater. <laughs> um, I was in debate, you know, so I've always been um, like a good public speaker and really put myself out there. So I definitely don't think anything changed from my coming out and decide. I didn't decide anything very quickly. It's always been, I want to do something in the public eye and I want to create and show all the parts of myself, you know? Yeah. So I think it's just been like a long time coming and I finally found something that can help me hone my craft and use as an outlet for all the other things I'm trying to do to, you know, build my platform Absolutely. to get everything else done. So. Yeah. And Heather, you know, I, I, again, I watched some of your, your joint interviews together um, before this interview. And, you know, I think it's, you, you said at one point that before uh, when, when Max posted her Instagram coming out, when you wanted to repost it, you asked her for permission because you knew it would become a thing. Um, and, and, and I love that you had that foresight, first of all, because I think, you know, instead of just jumping right into it, it's, it's you know, you have a lot of followers and you have a lot of eyes on you. Was there, was there any hesitation for you? Because I feel like, you know, s some of the old Bravo viewership or some of the OC viewership and some of the people in Orange County are maybe not as accepting or maybe they, they aren't as, as, you know, liberal or, or, you know, just accepting of all people, that, that's something to consider. So I'm curious if that, what, what went through your head sort of in that, in that moment, because um, it's, it is a big moment. It really is. Yeah. Nothing like that at all. I, I could care less Good. what people think about my children and who they are and who they love. I mean, I, that's their own issues. So sure. I, you know, I always say that my job as a parent is to raise healthy functioning independent humans and anything in that category that's that works that way i feel like i have done my job i already knew about max and i just didn't know that that was the day she had decided to make it public right and so i of course i asked if i could repost it because it's her story to tell and like when we were talking before about do you cross lines like i would never give information like that to anyone, my best friend, my mother. And by the way, my mom didn't even know. That was Max's information and her life story to tell, and I would never do that. But the moment she made it public, I was like, cool, can I repost it? Like, of course, I'm so proud of her. Why wouldn't I repost that? But I did want her to understand, like, if I repost it, it, it could, like, be a thing. Um, I was so proud, so happy, and continue to be so. Yeah. Well, I, 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 last thing about, about this topic, but I, I just wanted to say, like, I think it's, I want to commend you guys just for the, the, just the front of acceptance that you put out there, because obviously that, that reflects what's happening in your house, which is just a, a world of acceptance. But again, that's not the case in this country everywhere. It's not the case in the world. And I think any time that somebody in the public eye can put, can put forth that image and encourage acceptance and show that it's just so easy to accept somebody in your family for who they are. You know, I think it, it's just, it's just, it's worth commending. And I just want to know how many people have reached out to you just like thanking you because I'm, I, I know for a fact that happened because I'm, I'm sure there are people that love to see it. I think it's funny that a lot of the articles written about it were 
about how accepting they were. Like, it was like, oh, Max came out, but look how accepting her parents mm. were, which is like kind of sad that that has to be like spelled out for people, which I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it's definitely like not something that should be expected. It should be expected that they would accept me. So I think that was, I also think it was kind of funny because that's like the bare minimum is to like accept someone as themselves, you know, which a lot of people don't do, which is terrible, but you know, it's like what they should be doing. It's like basic human like decency. decency. Oh, absolutely. I think that was kind of funny. Like those article had like titles about (laughs) like, yeah, okay, good for good job. But I think that's also because you grew up in such an accepting house. Mm. I mean, like talking about all the messages we received and I'll let you tell yours, but we, I mean, thousands of messages from people thanking us, from people saying that they wish they had had a different point of view when their children came out, people whose children had killed themselves. And I mean, just on and on and on and on. It was just, it was crazy. But I'll tell you, um, yes, we have a hugely open and accepting and loving home. That doesn't mean we're perfect by any means, but you know, we're very, very accepting of each other. But I'll tell you, I learned so much from Max and watching her come out and watching the way she even answers interview questions and how she feels about things because I've, you know, I'm watching this firsthand and it's just, it's been incredible to watch. Like, for example, like Max will say things to, when she gets messages from people, she'll say, people ask her questions about coming out. She'll just, she always says, first make sure you're safe, Mm. which I wouldn't think of. Me neither. Because that's that's not our environment, but God, what a smart, I mean, it gives me chills to say it out loud, but what a smart thing, because if you're not in an environment where you can come out safely, guess what? Don't. It's not a given, right? Exactly. No, your safety is of the utmost importance. And I, I just love how smart she is and thoughtful and I, I i mean i've just been blown away and i've learned so much thanks queen I'm sure um i've gotten a lot of messages of people, thanks queen <laughs> of people um asking how to come out and telling me their stories and relating to me but also not necessarily thanking me but i guess thanking me for normalizing it in my age group i guess which is cool for sure. Um, well, again, I, th- I just think it's great. And I, um, I think that's it's awesome how you guys are down to talk about it. Um, and I love it. So sh- switching gears a little bit, you know, again, you guys have been known for, for years to a lot of people and you still have all- millions of fans who, who remember you from that first season of Housewives when they were first introduced to you guys um, as a family. When you think back to just those early days on the show, you know, does, does it feel like a different lifetime? Does it, does, does, like, what did, what have you learned over the past couple, like, from that experience? Because, Heather, it seems like you, you're pretty resolute on sort of how you think back to that experience and sort of, and sort of just like a capsule, I feel like, that just as what I've observed. Just talk to me about sort of how you reflect on, on that time of your life. Well, I mean, gosh, the kids were so young. When, when I started the show, Coco was nine months old. Wow. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? And so, yeah, it was a very, it was such an odd period of time. And, and maybe you've heard me talk about it, but I, you know, I had like a decade of scripted television and then yeah. a decade of being like this stay at home mom. And then all of a sudden this decade of reality. I mean, it's just, it was just insane to be thrust into that world. But you know what happens, you know, when you're in the middle of something and it's intense, it's like going to summer camp. So when mm. you go to summer camp, you know, like the romances are like, 
30 times as important and the breakups and the whole thing. And then, but you're, cause you're in this bubble, right? You're in Absolutely. this capsule. Mm-hmm. But then like a few years later, you're like, oh yeah, that was funny. Anyway, moving on. So I feel like I, in the retrospectoscope, if you will, I can look back on it. And even though there were definitely challenging parts and I know that, but I don't, I don't need to ruminate on, on the right, bad the, the little part. drama, right. There's it, none of it's important in the scheme of life. What I do look back on is number one, I have a living, breathing yearbook of some of my kids' early years, which home is- Home videos, right? Like professional so grade home videos. Funny. And it's hilarious when they're dating someone and the, and the significant others pull up scenes from the show it's so funny and we'll watch old scenes and we were doing just doing that the other we were doing it the other night which ones were you watching we watched the scene from Yom Kippur. Oh, right. Oh. We watched the scene from Yom Kippur. We were, going to, we were going to our friend's house and we were in the car. And Nikki was like, I'm going to not hit my sisters this year. Yeah, something. I don't know. I had it a weird so, New Jersey accent or something. It was so funny. <laughs> was funny. She had like an East Coast accent. It was hilarious. So, we, so that's fun. I, you know, the girls trips were fun. And I consider myself part of a very cool piece of pop culture and a sorority that, you know, not many people are a part of. So I'm super grateful for it. It was a great platform for our family. And I think it ended up net positive. So that's how I look back on it. Do you have, do you have memories? I mean, wait, from your math, was I nine? I mean, seven when we started that show? I don't think so. I think it was after that. Yeah, you were seven. seven. That that might, that might be about it. Cause you've been off for three years now. Right, four. you were four. You were on for five. Oh yeah, my God. so it's like well, it's almost was, ten years ago. I have wow, really bad memory. Yeah, ten years ago, I was gonna say I was seven, but um, I don't know. I don't really You're remember so that. Cute. I just remember. I don't. I don't. I literally don't remember any of that time. Period. It was probably a blur. It was probably a blur for you, honestly, because yeah, I feel like, and you probably got so used to the cameras being around. I'm guessing. hundred oh, percent. Yeah, I just remember they were moving into like that preteen tweener phase right as we were getting off and it was definitely the right time at that time totally and i feel like and i feel like it's it's nice that you, you said it's a net positive experience looking back at it because there has been a shift on that show in in recent years and i know you don't watch it anymore but i think it's nice that you got out when you did honestly because i <laughs> i there has been a shift and so i i, I think you you, you benefited from it and that's that's what we kind of need what, what i'm sure also sort of fans always are commenting like come back and or, or, or they, they remind <laughs> you of this moment or whatever how do you respond to people like that because i feel like it almost feels like it's sort of like an incessant choir of people you asking that and i i know that you probably don't want to but how do you respond to fans that so they tell bravo bring heather back and it's like okay what if she doesn't want to come back you know what i mean right. like <laughs> Like, it's like they're pushing sort of a narrative on you, and I'm curious sort of what mentally that's like for you. Um, you know what? Guess what? It's always so nice to be wanted and liked. I'll just, I don't care what you want me back on. You just keep telling me nice things, and I'll love to hear them. Perfect. Perfect response, I think. So as we wrap it up here, you know, I, I like to end with sort of two questions. And one is, you know, I think last year was really tough for a lot of people. And there was a lot of things that got put on the back burner. There were a lot of really bad things that happened. And so I think in 2021, I want to be more like looking forward to things. And I'm curious what you guys either individually or as a mother-daughter duo or as a family are looking forward to. What's something that you're looking forward to either in the short term or in the long term? That's a good question. I think I'm looking forward to, weirdly enough, the, I mean, I, I would have to do this regardless of last year, but, um, the college application season. <laughs> I'm just excited to 
Like, it's just crazy. And it's just weird that I'm going to be 18 this year. That feels freaking weird. And um, I'm just excited to, I don't know. I don't, what are you excited for? I'm excited for a lot. I am excited to, I'm excited for them to apply to college. I think that's really cool. And I'm, cause I want to see like what their next chapter is going to hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I'm not, I mean, of course I'm sad about the thought of them leaving, but we're close and, and I know we'll always be connected and I'll, we'll visit and, but this is what they're supposed to do. Exactly. You can't get in their way. Exactly. Yeah. And this is part of my job. So it means I'm doing my job well and it makes me happy. And I, I love seeing them succeed. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited. Terry and I have a new show on E! coming out. It's supposed to come out this summer called Seven Year Stitch, which we're really excited about. What's the premise of, of what is, what's the premise? Basically, we're doing, uh, we're taking couples that are at that very precarious seven year itch mark, and we're doing sort of an internal external makeover on them, kind of, you know, opening up our Rolodexes and, and helping people and there's a cool twist at the end okay um which i can't tell you about but it's a it's going to be a really like fun heartwarming funny sweet crazy show so i we're really looking forward to that and i'm looking forward to we we just broke ground on our house in idaho and we'll we just did? yeah oh. and we'll be spending <laughs> we news to max <laughs> well because yeah usually because i usually throw a party but it's like freezing and we can't travel yet right. so we're not going. but uh, as soon as we can you know i'll be doing a little groundbreaking home party. tour come on give us a talk give us a home tour of course i'm going to take everyone through the building process a second so, champagne I, button maybe i mean come on well, maybe not. Or maybe that. it's like a maybe it's like a like a you know hot apple cider, but like but some right. song for the winter. <laughs> yeah, so okay. I so I'm very excited about that, and honestly, you know, getting my vaccine, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing my family in New York, who I haven't seen in over a year. Wow, which is just crazy. And I'm just I'm looking forward to you know our country sort of healing and moving on in every sense of the those words. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and lastly, a fun one to end on. I know that I've been streaming like every single TV show, like known to man. What have the Dubrows been watching recently that, that they want to recommend? Okay. Okay. So my <laughs> binged Bridgerton together. Bridgerton! So oh, good. So oh good. my God. Were you shook so by good. the ending? Were you shook by yes! the ending? Why would they tell us that? Why would they give us the, why would they I don't know. I, 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 I wish they had taken. I wish they had taken the Gossip Girl route and made us wait like six seasons to find yeah, out. Yeah, that's what I told you. Yes, yes. I know. Weird. But it's so brilliant. It's so I good. mean, it's so, so good. good. Duke is so hot. Oh my god. I know. Oh. Ah. And next season's going to be about the older brother, apparently. So that's going. They're going to follow his sort of like love journey, I guess. So really, and, do you and, think yeah. he shaved? The sideburns because they're I, not cute. No. I hope so, though. I heard that the, those like that was like his actual real. <laughs> What? That's what the actor said. That's what he's. That's what Jonathan Bailey said. So, it I hope he shaves go. them. Yeah, it's yeah. not Who's cute. Who's gonna tell him? No, come on. <laughs> Max, write him a letter. Give him a DM. Oh, I will. I'll put it like I'll seal it. <laughs> like in Bridgerton. I love that. So yeah, Bridgerton we... is Bridgerton's the top of the list for you guys. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, so, it was so sad. It was only eight episodes. I know. I know. It was so good though. Um, and lastly, I'd love for you guys just plug your podcast and where where can people follow you um, outside of the podcast as well. So I'm Heather Dubrow on all social media. I even do have a TikTok account, but I don't use it, so don't bother. Don't follow. And uh, the podcast is Heather Dubrow's World. Anywhere you find your podcasts, and the new show is called Seven Year Stitch. 
And I'm Max Dubrow, the daughter, and my podcast is I'll Give It To You Straightish, and on every platform, it's just Max Dubrow. Love it. All right, well, thank you so much, guys, and um, have a great rest of your night. I'm so glad that everything is good in your world, and, um, you know, stay safe, stay healthy, and um, we'll talk soon. Thank you. You you too. Stay safe. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. For more celebrity interviews, subscribe to We Should Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us as any show of support you can give us would be greatly appreciated. You can follow me at Gibsonoma on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow In The Know at In The Know on Twitter and at Watch In The Know on Instagram. We'll talk to you next time.